Hi everyone and welcome to the Say As It Is with Pete podcast series. I'm Pete, your host, and each week I will bring you some frank and honest conversations covering various topics from learning and development, friendships, funding, HR, strengths, recruitment, ESG, well-being, ED&I, employability, and much, much more. So let's get this week's episode underway and say as it is. Welcome to this week's episode of Say As It Is with Pete. And the title for this episode, as it clearly states, is Recruitment Candidate Pool. So this month, I'm going to be looking at recruitment. And each week, there'll be a new topic around this area, as I think it's important at the moment as we are heading into a busy time in a variety of different sectors especially in hospitality with the Easter bank holiday just finishing, the coronation coming, summer holidays, and a lot more. So um, I feel that it's important that over the next couple of months, we're all going to be heavily recruiting. And I, and I think that, you know, look, I've been a director of recruitment and I know what it's like. So um, I think it's now time to have an honest, open and frank conversation around recruitment and share some best tips, practice, um, or, you know, going back to basics, 101, come on, we overcomplicate things. And I, I think that's the problem in today's society. We overcomplicate everything. And I know from being a tutor and a trainer that sometimes we as tutors or trainers can overcomplicate things and make it more difficult for the learner to understand when really, let's just strip it back. Let's go back to basics. Let's not forget what they are. So during this episode, I'm going to be covering eight areas from uh, the watering hole to accessing candidates via job boards, social media, job fairs, um, brand approach, local communities, employability companies and DWP. So there's eight areas that we'll look at. So let's waste no time um, and crack on as we look into each one of these and have that honest, frank discussion and conversation um, along, uh, well, on these um, with providing some useful hints and tips. And yes, I'm reading some of my notes. That's why I stuttered just then. <laughs> you can tell this is genuine. So number one, the watering hole. Why am I saying the watering hole? Well, it's because I think we all need to understand as employers, recruitment agencies, apprenticeship providers, whoever you may be out there that's listening to this podcast, we are all recruiting from the same pool. No matter what anybody says, we are. And the reason why I say that is because especially in hospitality, um, we all are recruiting the same kind of candidates. We're all going to the same watering hole and we always see the same people there. You know, especially within hospitality, you can pop up all over the place. Um, and hospitality is a very small community. And, you know, I keep bumping into people that I've worked with in the past. Um, and that's in any industry. The world is very small and you'd be surprised how small it can be. Although it looks humongous and big, it's still very small. So we all go to the same watering hole. So if you're recruiting from a specific community or group, so for example, if you're recruiting, uh, reaching out to Romanians in the UK, Ukrainians in the UK, Polish in the UK, whether you're reaching out to Afghan refugees, whoever you may be reaching out to, everybody else from different sectors 
are reaching into the same pool of candidates. Now, obviously, candidates have different skills, strengths, abilities in all their areas, but we're all still going to those same watering holes. And you pop your head out, and yep, as I say, it's the same faces out there. So I think we need to wake up and smell the coffee and understand it doesn't matter what sector we're in, we're all pulling from the same candidates. And that's especially key when we look into kind of job boards, especially, and it kind of leads on nicely, um, is because when we're looking at job boards, we're all pulling from the same pool of candidates. It doesn't matter. So the candidates I would see as an employer for a certain vacancy are the same candidates that are going to be seen by 20, 30, 40, 50, 100, with 1,000 companies in hospitality within the area that are looking for similar roles. Now, when we are looking at job boards, we have to remember, say, for example, Indeed, those candidates that are on Indeed are potentially going to be on things like Caterer, Reed, Gumtree, um, you know, and uh, other various job boards, Total Job, CV Library, they're all going to be there. So we have to be very smart because, you know, look, in the past we've brought or I've brought CV databases to, you know, headhunt candidates to see what we can find. And I can tell you that some candidates pop up six or seven times and they're there because they're putting themselves out everywhere. So you have to remember that although we're going to the same pool, that pool may be populated with the same people all the time. And we just have to be wary and mindful of that. So are CV libraries worth it? Well, it depends. If you're looking for a certain role, yes. If you're just looking for a general entry, entry roles, probably not. Because you're wasting money. You're wasting anything between £250 to six, £700 for CVs. And when you're buying CVs, some job boards will base it on credits. So you'll have 100 searches or 100 credits, and that's one credit per CV. Now, Indeed, for example, used to do something where you could have 100 credits, which means you could reach out to 100 CVs. But for every CV that responded, so if someone rejected your outreach because you're outreaching them via their CV database. If that person didn't want to apply for that job, you would only get one credit back. But if they accepted your offer to um, apply for the position via the CV database, you would get two credits back, which was kind of handy and did kind of work. But again, we're all pulling from the same pool. We have to remember that, especially with CV databases and job boards. But you've got to be smart on your job boards. You've got to think about who you want to use. What are the target audience? Now, a lot of job boards go via credits. And when I mean credits, it basically means that they will sell you job adverts as a credit. So one job advert is equivalent to one credit. But you've got to be smart on how you're going to buy your credits because you might only want 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, and those credits have to last you for the year. Now, a job advert normally lasts about 30 days. And after 30 days, it, it ends. So you have to be smart on how you're using it. And maybe if you advertised a role, but you filled it in a couple of weeks, then re-update that advert to advertise another role so at least you get a couple of weeks under the same credit still bit cheeky i know but it does help and it is worth it but it's all about picking the right job boards and i think it's key that just don't jump to any job board and go right well i want gumtree catering indeed 
I want this, I want this. You've got to be smart. Think about what your needs are, where you're reaching out. Now, with Indeed, um, there are different things you can do. You can either pay for an advert um, and it gives you a recommended price or budget that you can have. Um, with Indeed as well, you can have free adverts and just post freely. Or you can pay for a campaign and that's paying a certain amount a month um, and that campaign is spread across your jobs and your campaign is used based on per clicks. So just be careful as well because depending on where you're posting, some areas may have more clicks than others. For example, you know, in Manchester, a lot of people apply for jobs in Manchester, whereas probably not so much in other areas. So some of your budget may be heavily spent in that area. So just be careful on how you're spreading your budget. For example, you could have a minimum of £2,000 of budget for a month um, and see how that goes. Now, some job boards will say that there is a minimum budget per month that you're entitled to have, um, and there's no budging on that, unfortunately. So I think if indeed it's about 2000 minimum, uh, but then you can increase and decrease, pause it, stop it whenever you want, which is kind of handy. But one thing to be very careful of is check who your job boards are linked to. So for example, if you're with Caterer, Caterer is a great site for hospitality roles, but also Caterer is linked to total jobs. So if you are, um, and I think they're also linked to um, another website as well, and I can't remember which one that is, or, or job board it is, but if, for example, if you're buying credits on Caterer, that job is also gonna be posted out on total jobs. So would you buy credits from total jobs then if the job is also, um, if you're paying for it via caterer? Possibly not. To be very smart, do a little bit of research, have those conversations with your accounts uh, team, not in your company, but the account manager of the job board, have those conversations, really ask them the questions like, how many active candidates do you currently have for the roles that we're looking for? Um, and that's within the last seven days. Um, it could be in the last three months you could be looking at or the last, you know, four weeks to the last two weeks or the last seven days. You could also be asking, you know, how much the credits are based on 5, 10, 15, 20 or 25. You could also be just checking the duration because I've noted recently that some job boards are only having adverts out for 28 days, not 30 days. So be careful. And then also find out if they're affiliated with any other job boards and then look at posting, making sure that if that if they are, making sure that those adverts then that you're posting via them, they actually do go out on those websites because you don't want to be paying for cater and total jobs and another one if all three are owned by the same company and it doesn't matter which ones you spend money in, they're all going to be spread out everywhere. So you're double posting. So just be extra careful on the job boards. And if you want any advice or guidance, always reach out to me. Happy to provide that information. But remember, job boards, are they dead? And I hear this quite a lot. A lot of people say job boards are dead. They're not. The only one that I seem to feel that is kind of dead for job boards is Gumtree. Um, sorry, Gumtree, but you are. Um, it's not really a job posty board. Thing. it's used for selling stuff um but is it for jobs i don't think so um so be very careful where you're posting um because a lot of people will be reaching out and saying to you we can do this for you we can do that 
but just be careful. Don't jump into something. Yeah. See if you can't get one, at least one advert or one credit for free as a trial to see the response you get. Who knows? But also a good thing with job boards is that if you have an ATS, an application tracking system that links into different job boards, then that is quite handy as well because, you know, you can post from your ATS and it automatically goes to the job boards. But just be very careful on the job board front. Just common sense. That's all I'm going to say is dial up your common sense uh, or pull on others with common sense on this one. Look at your detail orientation on it. And just be a bit strategic, mindful on, on when you're doing it, because job boards are very tricky sometimes. But also with job boards, make sure you're keeping your posts up to date and relevant. And if you do use a site like Indeed, because I've used Indeed quite a lot and find it really helpful. But if you are using Indeed, make sure that every 28 days you actually stop the advert and repost a new one because if you have the advert continuous and you keep extending it it doesn't look great and that kind of leads on to the brand approach that we'll look at later on so point number three social media so should we be using social media to recruit people hell yes of course we can facebook is still valid although somebody said to me facebook is for old people i'm I hate to say it. I'm not old. I'm 41. I'm still alive. I'm still breathing, just, but I'm not old. I'm still young at heart. But Facebook is still heavily used, and it's used by quite a lot of people. So there are, if you didn't know, lots of different groups on Facebook that you can join. So there's like Romanians in London, you know, jobs in the UK, jobs in Edinburgh, jobs in Scotland, jobs in London, hospitality jobs in the UK, Romanian jobs in London. Um, all sorts. And I say Romanians because predominantly I used to recruit a lot of Romanians, but obviously it's more expanded now. Spanish is, um, you know, Spanish uh, Londoners, uh, jobs for Spanish people in London or in the UK. So there's lots of job boards. So you, again, you have to be very smart on Facebook itself because you can get very good traffic for people looking for work. And there are certain groups that are set up to help people look for work. And you can join them. But I will say, as a little bit of a caveat, when you join these groups for like Romanians in the UK, looking for jobs in London, looking for jobs in Edinburgh, Scotland, Cardiff, Wales, wherever it may be, just be very careful because sometimes you won't be able to join as a company. You can only join as an individual. So your recruiters, if they are multilingual or they're reaching out to those communities or those areas that they're recruiting for, they may have to log in with a individual Facebook account. Now, it might be worth if they don't want to use your personal or their personal or you don't want to use your personal uh, Facebook, then create a separate one with your work email. Still brand it in your name, uh, but it's with your work email uh, and do it that way. It's more safer uh, and more secure and you don't have people randomly messaging you on private messenger saying, I've seen your post. I'd like to apply for a job. So let's try and link it onto the uh, a work Facebook account with your name and things. But also on that as well, uh, with the Facebook app, you can switch between profiles. Uh, so it's nice and easy. And you can do that in Messenger as well. But definitely social media for Facebook is great um, because you can post jobs out there you're looking for. You can go into those, um, you know, 
those community pages and again that kind of ties in a little bit to local community section we'll look at later but you can join those groups as well keep posting out um you know and and getting your jobs out there even again if you have an ats or an application tracking system it might also be worth seeing if they link into into social media as well if you can link your company facebook account twitter account or linkedin account um, as when you post a job, it can automatically be posted on to there. Now, Twitter, um, uh, do you get a lot of people applying for jobs via Twitter? I don't really think so. I don't see a lot of traffic coming from Twitter for jobs. It's mainly people posting you know, other information and bits and pieces. It's not really a job board. But there are Twitter accounts out there that do link in and post jobs as well. So Twitter's not dead in the job hunting market yet, but um, if you do it on there, you don't forget you're very limited to your number of characters. So it may be just putting in there, we're hiring, click here for more information and then add the link to the job that you're wanting to advertise. Um, but you might create a separate uh, account for your recruitment team to post jobs on there rather than having it on your corporate account uh, but you may also have it on your corporate account it's i'm not saying don't because you could but for my experience i don't see a lot of candidates come through via twitter now linkedin yeah linkedin's a great platform you can post jobs via linkedin again for free or you can pay for them your badge um can, there's, there's a I'm hiring badge that shows on your profile to show people that you're hiring. Um, and you do get a good flow of uh, candidates, especially from the sector industry that you're in and following or that you're advertising in. And you do get some really good candidates from that. So I do recommend that. But also just be careful because if you are posting out, you will get candidates from around the world seeing your job and offering to come and work from you or coming and working for you. But obviously, you have to know whether you're going to be employing people from overseas and you're doing sponsored visa ships, etc. Because if you're a sponsored uh, sponsored uh, company that can do that with a home office, then great. If not, then then it's a no. And you may just put a little caveat in there saying only open to residents within the UK or have the right to work in the UK. Yeah. So just make sure you stipulate that. So you don't get any unwanted candidates coming through. But again, if you're posting via your LinkedIn account, again, people may send you messages via LinkedIn. And I get it from time to time saying, hi, sir, see you're applying. I see you've advertised this role. May I apply? Um, and, you know, they're just checking to see. And there's nothing bad. They're just checking to ask the question, you know, I'm overseas. I might have to apply. Yes or no. So they're just double checking if they can apply much appreciated so yeah but yeah social media accounts so linkedin yes facebook yes um indeed yes um but indeed it's a job board not social media uh, but you can tie your social media accounts into indeed um so come so individuals that may be applying via indeed can actually see what your social media feed is and go and have a look but again you know, is social media worth it? Yes. But one thing I will say with social media is just make sure you have your hashtags 
correct. Hashtags are key. Um, so you might have your own brand hashtag that you include. You could use lots of other hashtags from we are hiring to work for us um, to apprenticeships to new opportunities. So there's lots of different job hashtags out there. Have a look around, see what people are using on social media and use and adapt them to your own needs. But make sure that when you're posting a job out there, you're including those hashtags so you become more visible, okay? But make sure you sit with your either your marketing team or yourself and review those hashtags. Again, if you need advice or guidance, reach out to me. I'm more than happy to provide that to you and tell you the best way to do it. Now, let's look at the uh, accessing candidates via job fairs. Are job fairs dead? No. Now, I touched on this before during National Careers Week and the difference of a job fair and a careers fair. So you've got one, a careers fair, which is showcasing the careers and opportunities of coming and the benefits of coming and working for you as an organization and helping individuals know how they could come and work for you. And that's showcasing your careers. A job fair is where you're offering actual work. And there are lots of different job fairs. And one of the biggest job fairs around, if you didn't know, wasn't the London Job Show. But it's not just the London Job Show. The London Job Show also covers Milton Keynes, Manchester, Bristol, Birmingham, and a few more. And um, I will put a link to the Job Show's um, website so you can have a look. But I've done several before, and they are great fun. And it's a great way to showcase your brand, but also reach hidden potential candidates you would never have even thought about seeing. It's two days of absolute mayhem, but fun mayhem. And I know Elliot uh, and the team from the job show, um, you know, they do amazing work themselves. Um, so is it worth going? Yes. Even if you have a small stand to start with, and then you may find it really successful for you. And then you, you know, you go up in size or you become a zone sponsor, whatever it may be. The job shows are worth doing, even if it's just for your brand awareness, which is a little bit of the next thing that we're going to touch on in a minute. But I would say for this one, job fairs are key. Go to them. There are lots out there. So you will get, uh, you know, there are lots of companies offering for you to attend job shows. And there are some companies that list about 20, 30, 40, maybe 50 job shows in a year that are available, but there is a cost to them. And sometimes that cost can be anything from 150 quid to around about three, 400 pounds, depending. But there are a lot of free job fairs out there. And, you know, they could be with your local councils. Um, they could be with the local schools or community or, or colleges. Um, it's, it's all sorts. So it's always good to research what job fairs are around. And commonly, these job shows are yearly repeats. Um, so always time with those. And that kind of ties in a little bit with the last one, DWP, that we talk about in a minute. But DWP have a lot of job fairs throughout the year. Um, so it's worth making sure that you're tying in with them um, 
to attend those job fairs. But have a look what's out there for your industry. See what big ones there are. There are lots. Trust me, there are lots. So just be mindful of which ones to attend. Um, especially college job fairs are great and university job fairs are great because you're reaching out to potential part-timers. Again, some hidden talent out there. You never know. But do go on job fairs because it is a great way to access candidates. And I know some candidates that or people that go to these job fairs are just wanting pens and sweets. But you can be smart in that one. Um, but yeah, uh, you can. Trust me, I've done it before, especially at job fairs where everybody wants sweets and pens and branded stuff. Um, there are ways around it, but can still be fun. So um, make sure that you attend job fairs as well. Now, a little bit about brand approach. Now, you want to make sure that when you're accessing candidates, you're making your brand uh, approach visible to them. Now, there's something that I learned from a guy called Amit, who I used to work with years and years ago when I started off in the hospitality sector. And I ended up in sales um, in a hotel, ended up working in the sales department. And we had the conversation and he always said to me, and I've always gone by this, is always make people's heads turn. Make that other company or that other sales rep turn their head and think, hang on a minute, what is Pete up to? What's he doing now? Yeah, and that should be your brand approach. You should be visible everywhere across social media, job boards, job fairs, everywhere. You need to be fairly visible. And I have been quite, I'm quite proud of myself because I've made sure that that has happened for the company that I currently work for, where I put our brand out there from the forefront. And we were there at every job fair, job show, across social media, everywhere possible we were there and we still are, which is great to see. But you've got to make sure also that your brand is brand appropriate. You know, are you actually appealing to those people you want to come and work for you? Are you showing that you're inclusive? You know, are you showing that you're a fun company to come and work for? You know, there's lots of websites out there that you can go and get stock images from to show people working in the industry. So I can go on and find any cleaners or any training uh, sessions uh, through stock imagery, but actually it's not showcasing the company. So I think sometimes you have to take it, and, it, and sometimes it can be a, a day. It doesn't take long or a few hours where you can just go out and you can use your iPhone or, or, one of, or some of the latest smartphones have really got some really good cameras on. Just go out and take some action pictures or, or people in action. So they're of your team members. Obviously, make sure you get a, a, a social media consent form or a media consent form so they're happy for you to use their imagery. But, uh, and I have an example if you want one, just reach out to me, I can give it to you. But just go around and take some pictures of people within the, that are doing the job. And they're, and they're, when we say live action, you know, they could be in the process and get them to freeze, take a picture. Yeah, or you might take a video of someone doing something, using that video as part of your recruitment process. Be creative, but try and reflect your current workforce within your brand when advertising for people to come and work for you, okay? Because it shows that you are such a diverse company and you're not just using the same stock images as everybody else. And trust me, 
there are I've used some in the past, and I now avoid that and tend to use actual employees because it's great. It's great for them because it gets their face out there. They become a bit of the face of the company, really nice, um, and really gets them involved. So brand approach is key um, and make it relatable to what to your employees, make it relatable to the kind of people and the roles that you're advertising for. Maybe you might do a very short video. Again, you can film them on your iPhones, and I do a lot on my iPhone, is having a couple of questions with someone like, what's your name? What's your job title? What's your day-to-day? Um, you know, why are you proud to work for the company? All those kind of things. And you can you kind of, if you are not sure about video editing, don't worry. If you've got an iPhone, you've got iMovie you can use, or you can edit on Canva. Um, so there's lots of different ways that you can edit videos nice and easily. Um, if you're really unsure, then again, always say this, reach out to me. I, I can support. But I think you need to make sure that your brand really showcases your employees and how fun and great you are as an employer. So make sure that your brand approach is there. Um, yeah, of course, brand colors, brand logos, everything branded, but make it more relevant. Yeah, but also, you know, yes, use those images, but also you might just randomly on your social uh, on your on your social networks, um, you know, have little statements or quotes from people of why they love working for you or, you know, what their job is. You know, it could be employee in the spotlight, you know, employee of the month, you know, just to keep building that brand of why people should come and work for you. Even if you're not actively recruiting, still showcase your employees. And it will drum up more interest for your business and potentially for like more roles when you are recruiting later. Now, let's look at point six as we look at local communities. And we kind of touched this a little bit before, but on Facebook, there's lots of local communities you can reach into from different, um, you know, nationality communities to certain, you know, to probably the deaf community to all sorts of communities out there that you're looking to get involved in or reach out and offer potential work to. Now, if you have a very diverse recruitment team that speaks multiple languages, they should be all over this. And if they're not, why not? You're missing out. Again, goes back to the beginning. We're all at the same watering hole. So come on, a few extra people at the watering hole is not going to hurt, right? So reach out to those local communities. You may go to local community centers, whether it be a Polish community center, Romanian, Hungarian, Bulgarian community centers. But also when you look at local communities, and I think this is sometimes where employers get it wrong, is that we tend to sit there at head office level and we go, right, let's reach into those communities. Right, get in those groups, do this, do that. And sometimes we're just jumping in, joining the community, posting a job. Yeah, great. If you don't necessarily speak that language or you're part of that community, then, you know, especially when it comes to language translations, you know, Google Translate is great to help. But there's one thing that I've touched on already is about your people. The people that currently work in your business, they may have links to those communities already. They may already be in that community already. Lean on them because they are your ambassadors. They're the ones that can lead the way into that community group. Yeah. So I remember working with a wonderful lady called Monica Tabarez. Um, I know Monica's still out there. 
um, and she's off doing different things now. But Monica was fantastic. She was Colombian, but she obviously spoke Spanish and she was involved in the Spanish community and the Colombian community so much that if I needed to know something about the Spanish community or how to approach them for work or the best ways to do things or when, you know, or when people coming over, especially when we were in the EU, when's the best time for to recruit? How do we get hold of them? What other ways of networking can we do? And she was a literal walking Bible of Spanish recruitment. And it was great because when it came to the right to work checks, she knew when there was, you know, obviously she had a right to work check training, but she knew whether it were, whether that was a Spanish ID or not Spanish ID, or she knew exactly, um, you know, how to recruit from from that market um, or that local community, I should say. Um, so, yeah, look at your existing employees because I'm sure they can help you reach those communities that you're trying to get into instead of you just going it alone and trying it yourself and it falls flat on its face. So there's lots you can do on that side. Um, but don't, you know, and try not to exhaust all of your options, you know, because just make sure that you're approaching it the right way, not the wrong way, because sometimes you might be dialing up your enthusiasm, for example, and it may be having the wrong effect because what you're thinking is having a positive impact is probably not. Um, and you need to kind of listen to what's going on around you. Uh, so just be mindful of that one itself. Now, employability companies. Now, I highly recommend employability companies, and there are some great people out there uh, from People Plus Scotland to People Plus UK to India to Get Set uh, and various other um, employability companies around. So what these employability companies do is they have a very um, – big interest in getting people into work. And sometimes these people are referred by the job centre to them. They offer pre-employability courses, um, which could last anything from a few days to a week to two weeks. Um, they are the best at guiding you in the right steps. Now, there's a guy called Darren Chrissy, and hopefully he'll be joining us on a podcast soon. Uh, but Darren, I'm going to mention you, buddy. Um, I love Darren's bits because Darren is amazing and Liz as well at People Plus um, uh, UK have been great. So Darren does Scotland and Liz does UK. But it's great because I can reach out to those guys and they know exactly what I want. And you need – and one thing I will say about employability companies is don't just jump in and go straight with them because they'll come to you and say, we can give you X, Y, and Z. And you go, okay, great. Let's do it. And then either you get something or you don't. Now, my advice on this one, and I'm going to be frank and honest, and just say as it is, but before you get into any partnership, sit down and discuss everything with them, what your needs are and your wants, okay? What kind of candidates you're looking for. They will advise you on what programs and services they offer, and then you can pick the best one for you. There are different things from get, you know, I think it's called Get Britain Moving. And I'm going to have a look at my notes on this one. Uh, but there are many different employability programs out there from, uh, yeah, so Get Britain Working to the Restart Scheme um, to Fair Start Scotland. And then there's also other different, like, you know, we, we now have got the retraining ships for the over 50s. 
But these guys are in the best place of knowing how they work and the way to get them to work and can support you in many other ways. So I would say reach out to those employability companies, but make it clear of what you want and what your expectations are, and they will work with you. Um, But yeah, I've got to say, teaming up with People Plus has been amazing for me within my organization because they've listened to what we want. We've worked with others as well, and they're now doing very similar. But again, I've learned a lot from People Plus, especially from the lovely Darren, who's given me some really good insights, uh, best way to approach things. And that's helped us as a business or me in my other job where we've been able to uh, get those employability programs working. And they do work. They take a little bit of time to get going and a little bit of time to, to, to kick in, but they're worth doing. But also having that partnership is amazing because it taps into additional hidden talent you would never have come across. And there is some amazing hidden talent out there that you don't naturally see. And working with these employability companies is amazing. So that's about employability companies. If you want to know more, let me know and I can put you in contact with a few. But also, um, I would say do it. And if you haven't already, go onto People Plus website or onto my LinkedIn uh, page, and you'll see a video that I've done um, explaining about why it's great working with employability agencies or companies. And one of my final things is DWP. Now, DWP, Department of Work and Pensions, the job center, um, there are some advantages and uh, some disadvantages um, with them. But um, again, it's all about building that partnership and that relationship with them. There are hundreds upon hundreds of DWPs out there, and I have an extensive list of DWP contacts that I have worked with and still work with um, and reach out to. And I know that when I'm needing support in certain areas, I know exactly who to go to. But also there is a lovely lady called Abola who works at the DWP in London, in one of the DWPs in London, and she looks after the big events that go on in DWP. So she always reaches out when they have these massive employability events and says, Pete, are you coming along? Or it's more like, Pete, your table's booked, you're coming, done. And then uh, out go the recruitment team to do those big events. And it's great because we have that relationship and we know that DWP work alongside us. Now, we know that there is a DWP website called findajob.gov. Make sure as an employer, you're linked onto that and you're posting your jobs out there via DWP. Again, it gets your job out there, but also it potentially helps you find some hidden talent as well. Um, and I'm going to go into a little bit more about what I mean by that in a, in a, in a short while, but link up with your DWPs, find out who the center contacts are, there is a list that I can provide you with all the centre leads across the UK, um, as well as I can put you in contact with some job centres in and around the UK from London to Edinburgh to Birmingham to Brighton, all over the place. But it's important that you have that relationship. Sometimes DWP candidates can be great. Sometimes they are not. Um, But again, it's all about working with them and not a... You know, it shouldn't be with DWP and us and them. You know, you're our supplier. You know, we're the employer. It's build that partnership. 
all about having a partnership and a level of trust. And it can be done. So I strongly recommend, although people may have their reservations about DWP, it's fine. I totally get it. But have those conversations. And sometimes it can be amazing. Now, I just want to draw your attention to something. And when we look at DWP and other things, is that if you think about it, now these figures are from December, the end of December 2022. And it looks at the current uh, economically inactive 16 to 20 or 16 to 64 year olds. But did you know that there is 8.9 million inactive or economically inactive individuals between 16 years old and 64 years old? Now, that's a lot. And some of those economically inactive means that these are people that have been retired or retired early. Um, you know, workers who um, believe that there's no jobs available for them. It could be long-term sick, temporary sickness. Um, it could be people that have been looking after friends or family. It could be students. But it's key to know that there are this economically inactive group. Now, out of the, and this is interesting to know, but between August and December 2022, out of that 8.9 million, 1.7 million actually wanted jobs. Okay, there's another 7.2 million that don't want jobs, but there's still 1.7 million inactive individuals that are looking for work that we as employers probably do not have access to and are not aware that they are there. Now, this is why I think it's key to team up with people like People Plus, People Plus UK, um, People Plus Scotland, India's, Gets and other companies to look at those things and look at tying in with the job centres, tying in with the restart schemes, tying in with the traineeships, tying in with the returnships, all these kind of things are key because we should be, excuse me, should be tying in with them to access those economically inactive people. Okay. Now, we need to get those economically inactive into work. Okay. So there are ways of doing that. And you know, this podcast is quite a long one this week, but it's to talk about that labor market, to talk about how you can access candidates and just give you some advice and guidance on the different areas of ways you can access candidates. But there are lots of resources um, out there for you to pull upon and to use effectively. Now, if you would like any advice, guidance or support, or, you know, another thing I will say is make sure you've got a good recruitment strategy. Make sure you've got a good recruitment policy. Make sure it's inclusive and diverse. Okay. Now, a recruitment policy is different to your recruitment strategy. Now, your recruitment policy is about your recruitment, how you recruit, and the process you go to to recruit and to make sure that you're very inclusive. And that is great for uh, employees to have and is a must have. And especially if you're looking at your ESG status, you need it. But also a recruitment strategy. Now, your recruitment strategy, most employees will have this. If you haven't and you're not sure where to start or you want it reviewed, then please reach out to me and I can happily have that conversation and look to support you on that. But your recruitment strategy should cover all your recruitment strategy for the year. 
and how you plan to recruit for various different roles, what you're doing on social media, various other things. Now, especially for hospitality, you should have a very in-depth recruitment strategy for the year, including the seasons. I know the pandemic had a bit of a knock-on effect with that, but that's now done and dusted. Put that to bed. Let's move on. Okay. A lot of hospitality industries and a lot of industries are getting back up to pre-pandemic stage, which is fantastic news. But your recruitment strategy needs to be hot. It needs to be the best and it's got to be on point. So it should cover all eventualities and ways to recruit and access candidates. So if you haven't got one, whether that's a recruitment policy or a strategy, the link uh, is in the bio for you to reach out to me. Happy to have those conversations to sit with you and even review your current policies and strategies to see if they are up to date and if they fit in line with the ESG as well. And there will be more on this ESG topic later on this year. But I will say my call to arms is make sure you're accessing candidates wherever. Make sure you're making yourself brand aware and you're putting yourselves out there and making your branding and imagery more reliable and relatable to your current workforce. So keep reaching out and use your existing employees to support you in accessing any local communities or groups where you're looking to recruit from. Reach out to those employability agencies and have those great conversations and start some amazing partnerships. Also, think about joining the social recruitment advocacy group that I'm part of. And if you want to know more, reach out to me and I can tell you how you can join me at the next Shrag meeting. Now, I'm going to wrap up for this podcast. It's, it's quite a long one, this one. So thank you for listening, um, as always. You can always listen back to previous podcasts on uh, Apple Music and Spotify. I'm also now accessible on Amazon Music and Samsung Podcasts and anywhere else where you listen to this podcast. So guys, thank you very much. Um, and until next week's episode, have a great week. Stay safe and I'll catch you next week.